0: We usually don't pick up hitchhikers. But I'm going to go with my instinct on this one.
1: Saddle up, partner. You're it. You're it. You're it, quitsies. Any quitsies. You're it, quitsies. No any quitsies, no startsies. You can't do that. Can't do. Cannot stamp it. Can't do double stamp it. No erases. No, cannot. Triple do stamp it. No erases. Tell blue, no, blue no, make it no. through. No. You can't triple la stamp a double, double, double stamp. La la you la la can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lloyd. You la la can't triple stamp a double stamp.
0: Lloyd, Lloyd.
1: You guys! Enough!
2: Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?
1: back to another week of Muskies on tap. Last week, we talked about the PMTT recap of the championship at the Chippewa Flowage. We kind of hinted at we were going to be talking to our good friends who ended up in the third place. That last podcast went really long. This is going to be a brand new one. And I am going to introduce... One of the other hosts on tonight, and that is my brother, Max Manti. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm same as I was two and a half hours ago. I'm absolutely dandy. Um, actually having my celebratory night tonight. So, yeah, things are going smoothly at this point in time. I'm fired up to talk to these two gentlemen. Unfortunately, I'm not able to introduce our third co-host, as he is running to Papa Murphy's to grab a pizza. Uh, get a little energy. He'll be popping in here at some point in time. So we'll make sure to notate that when he does. But without further ado, let me introduce the two gentlemen in front of me here on Zoom Clayton Speece and Nicholas Amoros, who ended up taking third place in the World Championship PMTT at the Chippewa Flowage, boating a 42 inch muskie, a 41 and a quarter, a 37 and three quarters, and a 34 and a quarter gentlemen how we doing tonight
3: doing great good evening gentlemen good to see you <laughs> I, I don't
1: think i saw enough of you guys over the past what was it five days in a beautiful cabin that actually clayton uh booked for us that place was um i don't know i mean we you know stayed together in vermilion i know you guys stayed with gus and um cave, which uh, we've talked about doing a full PMTT recap sometime this winter, so I'm sure we'll get into those uh, living coordinates, but yeah, Vermillion's place was sweet, this place in Hayward we had was awesome, Um, worked out perfectly, but uh, anyways, let's dive into it, so you know, you guys ended up taking third place, you have some history here, Uh, not to bring up any, any bad demons or past experiences, but Clayton, last time you were on the podcast, um, you know, I know you guys touched on it. So you guys came into the chip ready and kind of looking for some revenge. Um, if you just kind of want to bring the new listeners up to speed on what happened last time you guys were there.
3: Yeah, let's get all the, the bad news out of the way right away. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. I we'll agree. Just, we'll get it perfect. done with. Yeah. Can talk
1: about the redemption because I think it plays a huge factor into your night or your day one on how things were going because it, I think it just adds a lot of context into that day
3: yeah um so Nick, you can just kind of I guess chirp in whenever you wanna talk about anything but two years ago PMTT championship in Chippewa was my first time on the chip. Nick had been there a couple times briefly like three times, three times. Yeah. yeah, so we he had a little bit of knowledge about it. Kind of doing some graphing, finding spots, more so probably finding, what, panfish out there and walleyes and stuff?
0: Well, yeah, I was just kind of mapping, looking how it all laid out, so get a better understanding about it fish it. But then I started going for crappies. Always have a spinning rod in the boat, always.
3: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, so um, we did a, a lot of pre-fishing, and we fished pretty hard pre-fishing two years ago checking out a lot of spots, running really quick, fast, trying to just cover water, learn as much as we could in the two days we had there. It's a giant body
0: of water at 30,000 acres.
3: Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so we boated two fish going into day one. So we had a fish each day pre-fishing. We were feeling good. This was back when uh, Mike Keys was still filming, so we had to do an interview because we were actually sitting in first place kind of where you guys were this year um, for Top Gun Team of the Year. And uh, he wanted to interview us before the tournament. So, like, you know, we're feeling pretty confident getting interviewed. He's like, how do you guys think you're going to do? And, you know, we were like, well, we were able to catch a couple fish. We know where more fish are. We're feeling pretty decent. You know, don't want to jinx anything, but I think we can, you know, do all right. <laughs> and we so, were...
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, like... I mean, yeah, familiar territory for us now. I mean, going into the chip this year, like, what – I mean, we, we just debriefed it on our last podcast kind of how we were feeling. Like, Gus said, you know, he he was trying to be kind of stone-faced and, like, you know, it's all good. We got two full days. Like, we're going to get it done, feeling confident. But, like, we both admitted on tonight, like, we're we were nervous as shit because you kind of go into it, like, feeling – you know just weird about the position you're in um you know we joked around like sometimes it's better to be the hunter and not the hunted per se you know and just kind of changes up your mentality so were you guys feeling like that pressure at all in the top gun spot kind of like we were was that in your mind at all or are you guys just more so focused on like winning it or was it kind of a combination of both because that's kind of where we were at was like we just we want to lock up this top gun thing but then we also want to win but you know, kind of got to do one before you can do the other. And it screwed I would say, us mentally.
0: I would say for me, my mindset was because when me and Clay first started fishing together, because that was our first year of the pntT fishing together in cave run, I said to him before the tournament started, I'm like, I just wanted to win top team of the year. That was my goal. So going into that, that was primarily my goal is trying to finish off that.
3: Yeah. I would have to agree. Um, that was definitely our number one goal was let's catch a fish. Cause I think we were, we had a pretty good lead too. We needed like one fish and we could have taken it. Unless of course everybody in the tournament caught a fish, but you know, that wasn't supposed to happen. So we were told, yeah, one fish, you got it locked up. And well, with as good as we did pre-fishing, we were like, all right, I think in two days, we definitely should be able to catch a fish. Like we should be able to lock this down. But let's do that, and then let's focus on seeing if we can dominate the whole thing. But yeah, that was <laughs> didn't work out quite that way.
0: Well, I mean, I, when you start the tournament off in first half an hour, you get bit off. It does not work out. No,
3: yeah. that was that. You know, I don't know. Um, I believe that yes. set the
0: pace for everything.
3: I I said right away as soon as that happened, I was like, "That's not good." There's something i feel got a really bad feeling about the tournament even though we still tried to stay positive all the way till the end but um something told me when that happened i was like i had not been bit off for a long time and that was uh that was the start of some bad things to come
1: because how you explained it was like you had a hot fish you went into the eight you set it perfectly like corner pocketed them and it wasn't was it a bite off or like you had a kink in your line or something like something just stupid, fluky, you know, whatever it was like the line snapped, which is like, I mean, in the world of musky fishing, like there's so many different ways to lose a fish. That's that's just it's not not the most fun way to have it happen.
0: That's probably the worst way to lose one is because you're just lost everything. And then you're like, oh, God
1: it was like a yeah, bucktail and, you were using it was hot and... yeah you said it was the bucktail that like you just had one of i think and it was like the one that you were really hoping to seal the deal
3: that weekend and i i remember you explaining that that's exactly right yeah it was it was one i had one of them and i think i'd moved fish and then didn't use it too much pre-fishing kind of saved it for it what had happened i think was i caught a fish the fish i caught pre-fishing roll gator rolled up on my line and stuff we got it in the net and after releasing it i could have swore like i looked at my line i know nick told me he's like make sure you check your line after that and i was like yeah yeah (laughs) and i don't know what happened if i like went to text somebody and then totally forgot to or whatever um but i must have had a bad spot in my line and that'll never happen again because it was the line that failed not the knot, not the leader and Mm -hmm. after looking at the video at the time i thought that i had actually gotten he missed the bait and cut me off above the leader but after i had video footage of it and it was clear i had him hooked and the leader was out of its mouth the bait was in it and the line broke
1: well before we get on to the good stuff because i do want to just you know kind of ask you one more question on that or Beautiful boy Brian Eckel just popped on here. Brian, you want to say hello to our uh guests here? How's, going your on, pop- guys? How's your Papa Murphy's treating you?
2: Uh they were closed. So I got noodles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good audible. Yeah, Great right. audible. audible. Did you get a little mac and cheese, or what'd you get? Yeah, a little buffalo mac. Nice. A little mac. Reliable. Yeah. All right. Well, we were just talking about uh Clay and Nick's uh first time at the chip fishing in the championship. Um and so you know. Kind of going off that, Clay, like uh, you said, you know, you kind of mentioned like, all right, man, this this is like not obviously not how you want to start, but you just like had a pit in your stomach. Like, man, this isn't going to go well. Like, I think Gus and I can kind of relate to that. Like when we talked about in our last podcast, after we saw those guys catch a fish on our spot uh, that we had been fishing four or five times that day. And I remembered you saying that on the last podcast you're on, like, I just have a bad feeling about how this is going to go. I would. I had the identical feeling of like, this just might be one of those tournaments because like Kentucky, obviously Gus beautyed it himself, but like Madison and, and and Vermilion, like you just have to have dominoes fall the right way, and like we were lucky enough to have that. And then you see something like that that that's like rattling enough, where you just start to think like, holy shit! Even if you feel like you're on fish and you feel like you're doing the right things, like it just might, it just might be one of those weekends where everything. Starts to kind of go wrong, um so I remembered you saying that, and I was like, "Oh shit,
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> is this is about to
1: happen." <laughs> so, I mean, anyways, let's let's move past it because it's in the past. And I know when we got to the chip, we were talking, and you were like, "It's redemption time," and we brought you guys on because, as Gus and I just elaborated for two hours, we manufactured two bites, and that was about it. We were not on fish. We wanted to bring you guys on to talk about how you guys ended up piecing stuff together. Wanted to talk to you guys because you guys were on fish. So take two Chippewa 2.0 World Championship. You guys got there. Where were you at mentally? Because this is a body of water. Obviously, you got some demons to fight off. Like, where did you start? Did you go back to where you guys had moved all those fish two years ago? Or did you try to attack it differently?
3: yeah we went well we definitely went back and checked out a couple original spots some of our hot spots um fished one of them probably like a number three spot pretty hard moved to fish first like probably 10 casts and um then fished the whole rest of the thing and it didn't look very good and we were like oh well whatever so then we actually graphed out a couple of the other spots our number one spot and uh continued moving on without fishing and then just proceeded ahead to new stuff see if we could find some things some spots that looked identical to what we did two years prior you know that maybe would set up the same way and we when we fish spots we fished them hard i would say but we didn't fish a lot but yeah, we were that's... pretty successful fishing <laughs>
0: The newer spot that we found, the compound, as we named mm-hmm. it, was, uh, we really didn't fish that one hard, but we did get one side imaging follow on it. And that's when we pulled off of it and didn't touch it till tournament day. Okay. That's smart.
1: Did you, so yeah. in this compound, I know we kind of talked about it through the weekend when we were staying at the cabin, but like, what? In there, did you find that you're like this is where fish? Other than the side image follow, like even if it's as basic as like weeds look good, or we find found bait or something. Like what made it look good in your eyes? Everything. I'll too much away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything was there.
1: Everything. There, Love it. There this was sounds like an so much spot. to
0: it. There, there was points, humps, weeds, down timber, rocks, bait, muskies, wow. sand. That's...
2: Yeah, complexity. <laughs> I,
1: I love complex areas, complex spots because that's where you like wanna start driving around and mapping it out. So, do you guys drive around and map it out pretty well or did you kind of just like keep off of it almost?
0: We drove around it, I wouldn't say I would say. And we kind of saw like the key areas where you really want to take your time and maybe comb through it more. Okay. So, but like I said, there's like a lot to it. It was Mm -hmm. probably one of the coolest spots I saw out there.
1: And was this a spot that you guys knew existed two years ago? Like when you were there, was this totally new?
0: We were going off of our number one spot from two years ago and looking at stuff that would kind of match up to it. And then we just found this one and we're like, oh, this looks really good.
3: (laughs) We probably drove by it uh, a dozen times 2 years ago and we had a oh, spot no close kid. to it. Re- two years yeah, I didn't really look at it. Like just it from a distance when you drive by it it doesn't look like much until you there's actually enough- pull in.
0: <laughs> 2 years ago there's another spot next to it that we fished and we thought that looked decent. This one was right next to it and we just drove right past it. Huh. Dang.
1: That's that's incredible. I wonder if the next time we go max, we do the same. And all of a sudden we find like a, a honey hole, like right next to a spot we fished a few times and thought was decent or ended up sucking. You'd be like, really, we, how do how on earth did we miss that? Yeah, and that's oh, I think how the chip is laid out. And it also sounds like as, as uh, I think you'll go on to explain like spots change and where you start to catch fish from change like incredibly from that, that body of water probably more so than others. I don't want to, you know, put words in people's mouths, but that's what it felt like to me. That that like can have any spot on the entire like fire off at any moment, and that's hundred percent. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just kind of gave me that feeling. I don't know, but I, I we're... might have missed this.
2: but jumped on slightly late, but Clayton and Nick, were you guys? Did you guys start in some of the dirtier water, or did you kind of have to learn the hard way in pre-fishing that maybe the clear water wasn't the way to go?
0: Personally, like, for me, and I think Clayton's the same way, we prefer dirty water. I don't really like clear water
2: 100%. So did you guys never even venture to that side of the lake, really?
3: We did. Looked at some stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't. When we were pre-fishing, uh, actually, I would think, I would say what maybe seventy five percent of the Chippewa flowage was pretty dirty. Oh.
0: There, and were were areas, there were areas, there
3: were areas yeah. and spots that were clear, and we actually just, well, Scott Lake was one of them. We slid in there and uh, just did a little graphing around. It was like, oh, let's take a couple casts pre-fishing. <laughs> and pre-fishing. Nick stuck a fish right away, so huh. that was clear water, and we were like, mm-hmm. well, I guess I guess they'll still eat in clear water too, but. We would still prefer to be fishing dirty water out there.
1: Yeah, we found out. Yeah, I know we explained in the last podcast that we were searching for dirty water. It is not like clear cut side of the lakes. As people know, the, uh, the the east is a little bit more tannic and the west is green. But honestly, after being there, there's like there's more sections than just the bridge dividing the lake in half honestly yes. as much as people told us that beforehand going into it i realized that we would turn corners on certain sections of the lake on the east side and the water color would change and same with the west it was like it was it was pretty bizarre so when we were searching for dirty water we were searching for dirty water anywhere and that's you know at least what we were looking for and we did fish some clear water I think too much, and we explained it on the last podcast, and that was our problem. But sounded like you guys were on fish. I know you caught. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it three pre-fishing? Yep. This this past week, or at the at the championship. So yeah,
0: three pre-fishing.
1: Three and so for you guys, as as I already know, fishing alongside you guys in the PMTT, you guys <laughs> do like to stick fish. Pre fishing and they just like fight
0: th- for us, right?
1: What is your <laughs> thoughts? What is your thought? What are sorry? It sucks, sucks being that good. <laughs> yeah, what are your oh, thoughts I I on being just an absolute beast pre fishing as well <laughs> and it's, sticking some fish? Like, I'll like,
0: like Clayton, take this one.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I'm like torn between it. There, honestly, there's a part of me that's like, I feel like we're burning spots, but also. It is so great for confidence and to find baits that definitely work. I mean, it's one thing to get follows, you know, lazy follows, hot follows, you know, you can take it for what you want with fish's attitude. But when we're getting, you know, majority of our fish are eaten this year. We're, when we were pre-fishing, we're eating out on the cast. We weren't necessarily like sitting there figurating fish, trying to mm. catch them, you know, pre-fishing, like we would probably pull out majority of the time if yeah. if they were coming in but we didn't even hardly get it i mean maybe there was one or two all year that we maybe could have pulled the bait out on and not caught otherwise they just pre-fishing they just chowed it and so um i get super excited and feels really good to catch fish pre-fishing just hoping that it doesn't kick our butts in the end but right
0: yeah i, I got know. that one Free fishing is on a figure eight natural instinct just you see a fish you figure eight right. plus i just really want i really badly wanted to have the biggest fish at that time in clayton's boat
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right clayton came to <laughs> the tournament with a brand such new a dirty boat. Dog. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's shaking his
3: head right now
1: yeah uh clay do you want to touch on what you upgraded to from from what you were fishing out of
3: yeah we well i've had the triton bass boat 18 and a half foot for the last 12 years and uh it gets to be tight in there when we got all of our tournament gear and everything and there's <laughs> there's a lot of stumbling and falling down so uh, figure i'm gonna start guiding and um might as well upgrade boat a little bit i got a 621 ranger which is a lot bigger it's a sweet it's a rig trouble.
1: it's badass it's intimidating watching that thing come up behind you when you're on takeoff oh. <laughs> Puts the fear of god in people yeah watch out, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys obviously stumbled across something pretty awesome uh pre-fishing it's just so funny like you know when we were talking about it and like hearing you guys talk about it it's like you know i think our confidence levels probably weren't all that different going into the tournament. Like Gus and I were feeling good. And obviously you guys were too, um, with what you guys found, it's just crazy how different it can play out actually on the tournament day. Like when, when the clock strikes and you start going like our start could not have been more slow and shitty. And from what it sounds like, like you guys started hot and heavy again not to bring it up but it's a cursed body it was past tense a cursed body of water for you guys day one we get a text at like i think noon or one or something from you and i'm like i saw the message come through i was like oh they had to have gotten one and the message reads we are still cursed
3: (laughs) Mm.
0: (laughs) yeah i we um missed one and Hooked and lost three more before 11 o'clock.
3: And the last one, the last one, we, <laughs> I feel like we could have gotten it in the net.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I mean, that's
3: tough. We kind of played it out a little bit too long. If we maybe would have horsed it, like did everything you could just to drag it back into the net, you know, without letting it head shake anymore. Maybe we could have gotten it. Maybe not. Maybe we would have lost that one too, but Having that last one, the fourth one on all the way just about into the net and coming off I pretty much just threw the net down and was like well, we should probably just leave and this. that was
0: at the <laughs> spot where two years ago we got broke off no way so that was just kind of omen right there like oh God this is happening again
1: I mean it's how just... do you how do you regroup like? I think the biggest good. thing Gus and I talked about was like, we, the the luck side of things, Gwayne and I have talked about this a difference. Like you can, you can be on fish. And as you said, if you're on fish, you're going to lose fish, but there's difference between being on fish and losing fish, catching a few, losing a few, you know, you're still feeling good. Losing four fish day one of the championship. Like you can, I mean, how do you regroup? Like what? Like why? I don't know, you know what I mean? Like mentally, like how do you get through that? And I mean I, I don't sound it. like a, a dick when I asked the question, but I feel kind of bad, but it's like how how do you move through that?
3: Oh, we went we went dark for two and a half hours. <laughs> we didn't talk. We knew that anything that we said to each other we would just piss each other off even more. <laughs> I I mean rods were Dang near snapped in half. Giraffes were probably close to being kicked off the boat, and I was about to take my tackle box and toss it and say, to hell with it, I'm never doing this again. Um, but, but what what uh, what uh brought us together and got us out of a funk is probably Biggie. Yes. <laughs> Biggie Smalls. It in. always
0: takes – when you get in a funk like that, sometimes it's best not to talk for a little bit. But then, uh-huh. I don't know, With me and Clay Fish together – it seems like one of us sometimes is trying to bring the other one up, but we decided to put some music on. I may have danced a little in the boat and started rapping myself. <laughs> and, uh, we
1: were you're, back you're there. A good, you're just, a good rapper, too. I've heard it. It's I got a a good dancer. I've out. seen you dance
0: as well. <laughs> I can rap a little bit. <laughs> but um, it just all of a sudden, then we're just having a good time just doing that, and then it happens. <laughs>
1: It happened 100%. in a pretty cool way, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, due to the rundown on the fish you got day one.
3: Yeah, we uh, so yeah, we were jamming pretty loud to music. I'm sure uh, everyone at the resort could hear us that we were fishing in front of. It happened to be the tournament takeoff for the Big Bass Tournament, and um, <laughs> it was pretty much right at the time that boats were starting to come back for check-in and weigh-in. And, uh, so they had the microphones on and like, people were starting to show up and stuff. And Nick's like, I kind of want to fish in front of there. I know there's good weeds. And I was like, I was like, I don't know, whatever we should get out of here. We're, we had moved from dirty water into clear water and, you know, okay. We were having a little more fun, not really caring so much anymore. What, whatever happens happens. And so he's like, take me up in there and he snaps on some rubber and, uh, gives it a heave out into the blowhole of the boat launch at the resort. And I'm like, Oh, I know what he's doing. He's <laughs> fishing classic, classic spot that should always have a muskie in it. Cause nobody's been there for a bit. So, uh, yeah. I took another bomb cast just off to the side of it and just burned blades in and here comes a fish screaming in. And, uh, it actually tried to eat at my feet, which would have handcuffed me. Um, I had to rip the bait away from it. And in the first turn, it cut me off and absolutely destroyed the bait, hooked it. And, uh yeah the fight was on that one uh was that one pretty clean nick i think it was that one wasn't too bad
0: it was but actually it hit you three times in that
3: eight. Oh, that's right it hit me that's you were in the right. middle of it after the
0: second one you're like i can't believe i missed that one i got it
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. musky blackout <laughs> yeah that
0: one that one came pretty clean you kind of drug it and yeah
3: yeah, I wasn't going to let that one fight. I was going to keep that right at the boat. And well, you told me you are going to boat flip the next one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we've been in that spot then, before, too.
3: Yeah, so then we
0: got that one. I think it was my next cast. I had another fish up, too.
1: Then it was game on, pretty much, for you guys. Like, the curse was yeah, lifted but we had at to, this moment.
3: Yeah, I thought, well, yep. Then I thought the curse was lifted, but then we had to leave that spot because all the bass boats were coming flying in, and I thought oh, we were yeah. going to die, so...
0: Well, oh, they did say congratulations over the
3: intercom to us, too.
1: <laughs> that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Everyone
3: really was awesome. cheering up there in the yard. That was pretty fun. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, to put this in perspective to people, like, you hook and you catch this fish, and we're talking about it, and it is what it is. I think, was that one, like, one of your 34s or something, right? The
3: smallest so, one, yeah.
1: Yeah, smallest one, not a big fish, but that's, like, the monkey off the back fish. I mean, what, at that point, you know, you had the two years prior where you missed six you know, whatever six fish and then you have the four that day so it's like i don't i mean yeah that's like even though it's just a four like a 34 inch like that's like i told you that night i'm like floodgates like you're good now you got it done well, like it's you're good to go you got it something off your i
0: always something i always say in the boat is you can't get two unless you get one
1: <laughs> that's good math right there yeah, it
0: is <laughs> But you always got to get that one, and then you can build on it. But that one is the most important (laughs) one. We're just going to check
1: in with our uh, residential math guy here. Brian, does that math check out? I'm still crunching (laughs) the numbers here. Give me about five. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember getting a text from you guys again. I'm thinking, please, God, don't be another, like, f this lake i'm out of (laughs) here you guys are paying the rest of the airbnb (laughs) bill. nick and i are heading back to eagle river we just (laughs) lost another fish and it was at that time i mean we didn't specify but it was like 3 30 day one so i mean you're coming to a close and uh it just says curse broken i'm like nice that is what's up (laughs) i mean it like, you get that one, and that's got to feel pretty damn good just to get on the board.
3: Game changer, for sure. Yeah, mood swing.
1: Yeah, we got a – I'm looking up – sorry, I pulled up the uh, group text. And at 3-11 on Friday, all you said, Clayton, was curse broke, period. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and we just knew. And we knew that, that you guys bagged on. Um, we were at – we were definitely feeling relieved for you guys cuz I think mm-hmm. anyone in the muskie world if you hear about that story and uh, like your heart just kind of <sighs> breaks for those guys like that's just that's just cruel. Comes a point in time when something good's got to happen. I agree. All right. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said for day 1, the couple lost, the fish bagged, monkey off the back, going into day 2, Did you guys keep the same game plan? Because as the people know in the tournament, but maybe not the listeners, I don't know if we prefaced this exactly in our last podcast, but Friday and Saturday weather were significantly different. It finally brought in a lot of rain and a little bit bigger wind. Did you guys keep that same game plan going into Saturday to fish the same areas or were
3: you going to attack it just a little bit different? We were, we were thinking that our number one, number two spots, um, would reload based on where they were and what kind of depth we had around those spots. Um, so basically we both said immediately, like, let's go right back where we lost those fish and let's see if there's more fish there and then decide what we'll do after that.
0: Cause we also saw, we had a few more follows in those areas too. So mm-hmm. kind of. Pointed us to believe, or yeah, made us believe that there would be more fish on there.
1: Did you guys get on day one those follows? Were they hot or like lazy?
0: They were pretty lazy. I never really. If you had a hot follow, normally for us it was hitting. So yeah. like I would see it underneath my dive in her eyes like a foot down there. You just mm-hmm. also be like, hey, that's a
3: muskie. Yeah, or it would uh, you know, we'd come into the figure eight. Go through the eight, pull the bait out of the water, and the fish shows up. Or, you know, a lot of graph follows, I guess. Most of our follows that didn't eat on day one were probably graph follows. Typically, we don't really even count those. But as far yeah, sure. as like knowing that there's more, more fish to go back to, mm-hmm. you know, they were plain as day, definitely muskies that we were going to go back and, you know, those had not been stung oh, yeah. yet. So.
1: You lose a few, you catch the one, the monkeys off the back. You know you're in a spot where there's fish. I couldn't I probably couldn't underestimate how different we were feeling after day one between Gus and I and you guys, I'd imagine. Gus and I were at that time feeling very um nervous about day two. I would imagine you guys were probably feeling excited just to get back out there and get on those fish. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but was that kind of where you guys were at then? I mean, it's like, all right, it's game on now. We know where they are and we're going to go give her hell.
3: Yeah, I hadn't, I honestly hadn't had hardly any action at all up until this point. Like even pre fishing, I mean, Nick was definitely, it seemed like first bait through or whatever Nick was using was working. I had zero confidence in what I had. Um, on my line until I caught that fish. So I had a bait that I was like, this is staying on my rod. This, you know, it ended up being the exact same bait I'd remade and made a couple of them from the year before. So that seemed to help a ton to have, have that confidence back on, snap that back on and went right back. We're like, we're going right back to work. Let let's go and mop these up now.
1: So then with that being said, day two, uh, what went down for getting that first fish uh, going? Because I know you guys bagged a couple, so if you guys want to give some rundowns on those fish, and I think this is where the listeners are going to get some pretty cool insight on some pretty wacky net jobs. <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I remember correctly, you guys talking to us at the oh. cabin afterwards,
0: that would they have been all, the first one, yeah. Or though,
1: I mean. We talked about our last one, but were those fish fighting probably about as weird as you've ever seen fish fight, or was it just us and some other people, and you guys didn't have that same deal?
0: We didn't have them jump like everyone else was saying. We had the fish would dog and head shake, but they like they would twist and turn like crazy. Mm -hmm. Like kind of reminded me of like somewhat a Canadian fish in a way.
3: Yeah, I agree. They were fighting like absolute mad but like most people did say that the fish you'd hook them in a jump kind of like Minnesota fish, but I did not, uh, we did not experience that at all, but the first fish. So going into day two, um, we hopped back on our number one spot, the compound and, uh, worked down this one weed edge. And, uh, I again, had a fish come in hot. It seemed like it closed the distance from 10 feet to an inch in the last, you know, whatever 20 feet of coming into the boat went into the turn of the eight and demolished my bait again and this one i'm just like screaming to grab the net right away because it was a bigger fish i knew that and uh it was just chaos like trying to net it green probably bad idea but i'm yelling at net it don't net it net it don't net it net it it! right (laughs) now not right now hang on okay
0: literally that (laughs) fast
3: Yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> that fast. Like every head shake, I was like, net it. Nope, nope, yep, nope, nope, yep, nope, nope, yep. And uh, he finally... <laughs> so that- I think in that... With me yelling at him, telling to pull back or go for it however many times the net ended up getting flipped over on itself. And he got it in the bag, but it was pancake laying on top of it. And uh, the fish is thrashing. And I'm like, boat flip it, get him in it. And so Nick like <laughs> slips and... Falls off of my tackle box, which tipped over, spilled baits everywhere, and pulled the net over on top of himself. He's got the fish in his lap. And he's there with more baits stuck in, like, his back and in his neck and stuff, like, not through the skin, but there were baits off of another (laughs) tackle box stuck in him.
0: And at this time, Clay's trying to high-five me already.
3: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, congratulating (laughs) him. He's like, get this fish off me. Get him in the
0: net. So you literally, Nick, you just, like,
1: Reached over on this pancake fish and like took it back and then fell back into like an open tackle box, kind of is what you're saying, or like how
0: well. No, the tackle box opened when I tipped it over.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> did, you, did you like spill the baits and then you fell back into those baits, or like what... I
0: don't even know? It happened so fast. Like Clay said, he got a 621 so we'd have more room. You'll never have enough room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my especially with me
1: yeah that's unreal Just, uh, yeah i know that position of being the net man when the person fighting the fish is wanting it being netted right away and then being like nope yep nope because yep. you they're so unpredictable and well there was
0: one time where i was netting a fish for clayton years ago and he about pushed me in the water
1: <laughs> oh man that sounds similar gus we got it's some not. head shakes
0: going on oh
1: some boat banter going on here in the podcast
3: yeah we can we'll argue about this all day the fish is right there behind you yeah (laughs) i just push you off the deck not off the boat yeah i don't know but so he (laughs) he actually grabbed the whole net and pulled it into the boat with the fish on top of it and uh, basically he's yelling at me for him to grab the pliers and he grabs a hold of the fish while laying on the floor of the boat and is unhooking it while he's laying there. And oh I'm trying God. to, and he had like pulled, I don't know, somehow gotten the fish elevated enough for me to get the net squared away and got the bait out, dropped it in. We've put the fish back in the water in the net and all was fine after that. Well, oh, Minus getting sh- a few baits out of his back.
0: <laughs> I don't wonder my ring gear leaked. <laughs>
1: Did you look like
2: a Christmas tree when you stood up? <laughs> yeah.
0: So... A very pretty one.
1: A very pretty one. That's, that's nice. <laughs> so that was, uh, sounds like that was pretty early on and on, uh, Saturday.
0: Yeah. Right after that fish, Clay's like, I got the biggest fish in my boat now.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Yeah. So you guys had two fish going, uh, early Saturday morning at this point, like, you know, be honest to yourself here. You got two fish. There's only, I think what two fish caught was leading after the day one granted one yeah. of them was a 50 but um does the mind start going to bigger things once you get that second one early on on saturday like are you starting to think okay this this just got real because i think anytime you're fishing a tournament it's like you know kind of unless it's the madison Lajewski situation you kind of know, like, all right, I kind of need one by this time and need one by well, this time because you're not, you're realistically not going to catch,
0: you know. You say, you say a Lajewski situation, but that kind of played out again in this tournament with what the silence did.
1: It's true. Yeah. But, you know, I guess, okay. So I guess I'll say this like, you catch another nice fish the first thing on day two. I'd imagine the mind starts to go a little bit big picture. We are like, okay, if we can get another one or two more today, like we're going to be right there.
0: Yeah. We basically, you're kind of thinking, Hey, we have a chance of finishing in the
3: top five or top 10 at least. Mm-hmm. My sights. Once we got the second fish in the boat, my sights set on top five. I thought I was, we were on it and it's go time. Here we go. We're going to light them up now and just keep grinding them out.
1: Uh-huh. And then, so when did that second fish on day two come? Because that first fish was obviously early.
3: When did that second fish come? Uh, I'm going to look it up on my
0: phone. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I honestly say it was like a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes after.
1: Still ripping the same spot, or were you guys bouncing around a little bit
0: at this point? Uh, pretty, it was very, very, very close
3: okay it was actually a little while after it was 10 45 we got the second one
0: you okay. got the first yeah
3: okay
1: okay so you're three fish in now before noon on the second day obviously you have to know like just realistically like you're you're gonna be there no matter what happens on that day like you're gonna be in the running um is this when you started to look around like were you fishing a spot that other people were filtering in on? Did you feel like you had something, you know, kind of cornered off into yourself, or you're like, man, we can beat these fish up? Or were you fighting against other anglers at this point?
3: We were definitely fighting other anglers. We had Senates coming through periodically. I mean, they were 60 miles an hour in, hit cherries and moving on, but they kept coming <laughs> back through. So we knew something good was going on. Plus, Lajewski was there probably half the day not fishing exactly the same that we were, but we knew he was probably fishing. I would say they almost targeted the fish before they got up into the weeds, like the reloads, you know, as they were coming up and going off. But we saw multiple other fish getting caught. There was boats all around us the whole time. We were basically fighting to keep keep our spots and chase fish that we knew were there. When you caught
0: that first one, the one we both left pretty much, I remember we had in the net, we were calling Tim and I just looked over and I'm like, they got one over there right next to us. Another boat did. Wow.
1: Yeah. So how do you how do you do that in a tournament? Like I mean, that's something Gus and I haven't had to really deal with yet. Like kind of positioning yourself on the spot. I mean are you are just like holding your ground or how's that was, work? we just
3: We just weren't backing down to like boats coming like if we were working like a point or a little hump that we wanted to work and we saw another boat, you know, coming in to fish it and we weren't done with it. Like we would turn and block them or, you know, or what, you know, we would just make sure that we extended, you know, our time there just to try and shake them off of it, get them to fish it different or, you know, or go and fish something else until we for sure were done with whatever, you know, we were going after. Kind of the game within
1: the game type thing. that's (laughs)
3: definitely it happens i i remember the first time it
1: happened to me personally sorry max for bringing it back up but cave run for example when i was out there on my own and i think by day two just because of how little fish were caught and people seeing I, i i went up and i think some people recognized the boat I was jigging in this particular area and this boat was kind of just like creeping in closer and fishing and closer. And I, I, mind you, I was pretty much spot spotlocked. I'm, I'm working like a 50 foot area. I'm not working a huge stretch or anything. And this boat kept creeping in and creeping in. I'm like, what are they doing? They're like casting damn near on my boat. So I'm like, I'm just gonna, this feels weird. I'm just going to start motoring away. I'm going to put the jig right away and cast. And I see them just go, and creep out and just go directly to where i was and the one dude that was casting the whole time just starts jigging i'm like that dude (laughs) has never jigged in his life he's just chasing (laughs) a bite and then they leave the spot and they watch me go right back there i'm like i'm getting back to my spot and it's just kind of (laughs) funny watching that happen i mean i know and then even now thinking about it on top of my head madison max and we i think had somebody watch us catch one of them there was a few boats that kind of magnetized a little bit closer in and i think one of them was a troller i think we explained was starting to troll inside of us even shallower than we were fishing and we were just getting a little more bombarded towards the end yeah well they saw the net net come out for the second one but i think more importantly like Uh, Clay, we talked about this at the cabin, but like chasing a bite really hard to do and almost never works. Like I think if anyone's listening to this and either has fishing in tournaments or wants to start fishing in tournaments, you know, we get a lot of feedback on kind of like people really tuning into these tournament strategy type talks. Like, you know, you just heard Gus and I be relentless about how much we try to do our own thing and it really didn't I mean, for the most part, it didn't work out. We got lucky at the chip, but like chasing a bite. I mean, I think we were talking about like, it just doesn't I feel like it just doesn't really pan out because you just don't know exactly what that bite is. You know,
3: um, I, I hate doing it because I hate people accusing me of it. I've, we have been accused of chasing bites before and it wasn't the case, you know, and anybody that I see out there that starts chasing our bite or something, just, you know, you just look, shake your head. Cause You know typically they're not working the spots the same way you are you know and maybe yeah they'll get lucky and i hate that when they do and i'm sorry but like you know that's not the right way to go about doing it there's so much more satisfaction when we can go out and find our own spots or find stuff on our own find out our own pattern and do it that way like i don't take pride in and have zero interest in going around and finding somebody else's bite or chasing it you know or whatever and you know taking spots over because i saw somebody catch a fish or something like that I, not... I
0: will i will never chase someone's bite it never works out for you eventually you're just giving be like a shit on my own thing
1: well that's just it it's like if you start listening to too much information like you're just going to get bombarded and then at some point you're not even doing what you feel is the right thing to do so you're just like you know it yeah. I just feel like it doesn't pan out in the long run. So I think it's just an interesting perspective to hear that. Cause it's like, you know, if you're on a finite amount of water in a tournament, you can't drive 20, 30 minutes and go fish another body of water. You know, you got to fish that body of water and you know, you're seeing people that are dialed into a bite. It's probably tempting to go over and poke your head around there and see what's what, you know, I, I can't lie. There's a lot of times where Gus and I were on the side of the lake we were on and we, you know, said a few times, well, we might, might, should probably not be here, you know. Um, But it, it, you know, we did try to fish a little bit of that other side. It didn't work out because just wasn't what we were doing. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because like tournaments are hard enough as it is, Um, you know, having to go and, and kind of figure it out on your own is what makes it, like you were saying clayton sweet when it does come together i think it's like the biggest thing so you get the fish the second fish on saturday you got to be flying high at this point because like i said you got to know you're at least at this point in some sort of contention you got time left where you're at i mean where you at now like you bay one more you're at four fish and like you got to imagine that you're going to be right up there
3: yeah um yeah we were feeling great um just knew we had to just keep grinding it and uh you know hope we'd get another you know just after each fish just one more opportunity like let's just keep going let's do what we're doing um maybe go back on the same spots try some different baits that work you know pre-fishing you know switch it up a little bit different cast angles um just see if we can you know still see them in there a lot of fish we actually could see on 360 and side imaging you know that we were trying to target though a lot it's crazy like at this particular time a lot of our cast back stuff just didn't work out for us um when we did catch them we had lost the fish they had gone somewhere and just happened to either drop on top of them with a bomb cast or you know or maybe we even picked off a different fish that had slid up in the meantime while we were trying to work a fish but we uh it was pretty slow after that second one we you know, it wasn't until the last half hour of the day that Nick had one come up and try and eat boatside and I think missed it. I don't think it even got the bait. He said he might have no, felt something.
0: I jerked when I should have paused.
3: uh yeah, Actually, Yeah, so I, I didn't sick. get it.
0: And the whole reason any of that happened, well, so I was actually using SRJ at the time. And day one, I lost a fish on it. That's the one we got all the way to the boat, and then it just came off. But the way I was working my jerkbait, I give all the credit to Clay. I was watching him during pre-fishing when he caught a fish, and I was—I get pretty aggressive with my jerkbaits, but watching him, he wasn't so aggressive. So I was going a little bit slower with it when I lost that one, so we came to that spot, and I was doing a death pause about 15 feet from the boat, watching it rise up, and that fish came up and went to hit it. So I was like, okay. So we kept going around where we were fishing. And then we saw that one on, uh, I think we saw it on 360 first. So then the side imaging, and then we casted the whole tackle box at it. And I finally said, screw it. I'm done casting at this fish and put my SRJ back on. I took one cast in the front. And in the video, I go, this can't be her. And right as soon as I said that, Death paused in front of the boat drilled it. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. So you're three fish in now. I mean, have you ever had a day tournament fishing where you caught three fish?
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eagle River PMTT. Gotcha. All
1: right. I mean, that's pretty incredible if you think about it. You're fishing from seven to four, you know. You're trying yeah. to hit some pretty short windows. Obviously, there was a pretty nice bite window on uh Saturday at the chip, but Still, nonetheless, I mean, three fish in a day at any conditions on a full 12, 14 hour day, muskie fishing is a great day to do it at a tournament under all the pressure at the championship during that window of seven to four is pretty freaking sweet.
3: Yes, it is. And yep. the one of the worst parts about where we were fishing is we didn't have service. We'd a, we actually had to leave the spot and run to service to get the picture sent out and it
0: was at
3: like 3.30. Um, yeah, Do you want to explain so that for people?
1: Hope. Do you want to explain that for people, like what that process is? Because I don't know if everyone listening kind of knows what that
3: so is. So you catch a fish. In the PMTT, you catch a fish. You're Generally, you're <laughs> supposed to call tournament headquarters, say you got a fish, what team you are, whatever, and you hang up. And then you go through the process of like unhooking it um, if it hasn't come unhooked in the net, uh, measuring it with a picture, on the bump board and then a hero picture holding the fish. And, uh, what we do is we put the fish back, you know, we know, like. We don't stop taking pictures until we know we have the right one. Um, we just put the fish back less swim way. Um, a lot of people will put it in a or whatever, to keep it revived and, you know, and that's fine and everything too, but the less we got to handle the fish, the better I think. And I've never had a problem where, you know the camera didn't take or something like we know with these cameras now on our phones, we know when the picture's taken and that it's going to turn out. Okay. So then you have to text into headquarters and say team number, the length and a picture of the fish on the board and a picture holding the fish, then wait for them to say good to go. And, uh, right away, Tim gets the, text of our team number and the length but not the pictures and he's like our service is bad just go back to fishing we'll deal with it later you know and i'm like well can i like send them through messenger because i can get messenger pictures to go out just fine and he's like uh he's like just get to service you know and just gotta have them by four well the 331 we we wanted to keep fishing and actually go back on nick's fish but we were like really have you know it was taking on average for us to get a picture out every 15 minutes when we'd even go to where we had service. The Chippewa flowage does not have great service up there. There are some spots that are pretty good closer to like where we were launching and stuff, but where we were fishing, there was no way a picture was going to go out.
1: I think I told you, I said, well, if you want good service, just go where we are. The problem is there's no fish there.
3: <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. were running pretty close to where you were just to get a picture to go out.
1: Nice. Yeah. I'm glad we could help. <laughs>
3: yeah. So. Um, but yeah, Nick was freaking out. Like he obviously wanted to make sure that the pictures are going to go out. I was like, well, we have everything time stamped, and, and he even told us, you know, that they don't have good service, so they might not be getting the pictures. I'm like, he's told us to keep fishing. So let's just, let's just go to fish whatever we can for the rest of the day. But, uh, yeah, Nick kind of freaked out a little bit about that, which understandable. I just, also know that when a tournament director tells us to just go back to fishing and not worry about it that I'm not going to worry about it like yeah. catching another fish <laughs> right
0: well I got to say the reason why I was probably freaked a little more out was just for the fact that that day after after we caught the 42 um, Clay's phone wasn't working and that was the phone we were using the whole time
3: mm, gotcha because
0: so we, we went to take a picture with his phone and do all that and his screen wouldn't turn on cool oh. So yeah, so you, I think I kept it
3: out in the rain too much that day. I don't know what happened. Oh we no, shorted out or something. So
1: that would be like the absolute biggest nightmare to catch a fish and not have a way to relay. Yes, yeah,
0: so that was probably mainly the reason why I was freaking out. I would say,
1: did you? Yeah. Was it you guys, Nick and Clayton, that told us to start taking pictures with both phones?
0: Um, no. no. Was
1: it maybe? maybe the bar max who told us that because we started Trevor, to do that the boy Trevor, Trevor Trev, Barber, have. team Trev. Barber told us to do that. We're going to do that. Not that we've had a mix up or anything, but for any, you never know. You're out of
0: water. App,
1: we're definitely going to be taking picks on. We did during this tournament picks on both phones, location services on timestamps on in two places it's the same thing as just coming prepared with always two pliers, two hook cutters, you know, two of this, two of that.
0: And see, we do the same thing for um, – I do the same thing for league. Is As soon as during league, we take the picture of the fish I have, my partner, or I text the pictures to my partner right away just in case because I've been known to drop a few phones in the lake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Elaborate, Nick. Elaborate.
0: Oh, uh... I don't that know how to elaborate is... anymore. I dropped my phone in the lake before. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> but like you said, just be prepared for everything.
1: Yeah, Clayton. I hope you're mixing a cocktail over there.
3: I am. I was just looking to see how I can mute. Oh, I figured. Oh, this out. has a mute button. <laughs> I'm gonna. Mute I just for did the same
0: thing. I'm mixing a drink.
1: Okay. Well, Fantastic. I want to pause. I want to pause, anyways. Here on just kind of your guys' tournament uh, rundown, like, play-by-play. Because play. I think this is probably a pretty good time to open it up to maybe more of a conversation with Gus and I here about the differences of uh, being on fish and uh, just not being on fish at all. I um, can fully agree there, because so, I think we're looking at opposite ends here. Yeah. At this point the tournament comes Saturday at You know, called three o'clock. You guys had caught, you know, three fish. Your fourth one came at three three thirty. But you guys are on fish. You're pre-fishing, you know, from what it sounds like. You know, you found this spot, the compound that you guys really loved, and it worked out. For Gus and I, you know, we similarly found stuff that we really liked and we knew there were fish there. I mean, we kind of left out some stuff in the the other podcast about seeing fish porpoising. Gus saw a muskie oh, literally right. eat something on the surface, and um, I know for a, a fact f- it wasn't what, what was the things we we're seeing. Was it otters that were seeing? They were yeah. brown,
0: yeah, they're and talking. they're brown. That's correct. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. a funny
1: <laughs> text from that, was our, probably,
0: uh, I made that day so it.
1: Our Our friend, for the listeners that don't know, the other friends that were in this tournament, the barbers were in similar position that Max and I were, and and there was a text message in the group chat. After, probably, I think Nick and Clayton said they got one, or something. Yeah, we, or, we
0: got one. and Amanda said she had one.
1: Yeah, and they sent a text that said, "I saw an otter. It was brown."
0: <laughs> Period.
1: Good intel. Period. Yeah, that's great. great
0: Thanks. But,
1: but have you, there, you guys? Oh, go ahead, Gus. Sorry. I was just I was just mixing in that one spot where we saw the people catch the fish uh, where we were working all day multiple times and caught the one pre-fishing. That is where we also saw a porpoising fish right behind us after we fished the weed bed. And we're like, all right, how did that fish not eat? And then the weed bed we we're about to fish, I watch a fish eat something, a muskie eat something on the surface and then go back down. And that's what I was trying to Say before, I knew it was an otter because I know we were seeing otters. It was not an otter because I saw that tail flip right down and go right back down to probably start eating more. We took cast there and just nothing. Nothing was showing up. So I guess my question to you guys, yeah, because I want to learn from you. I mean, this was very frustrating for us. We felt like we were on fish, but, you know, we stuck to it for such a long time. Like we said, 17 and a half hours or 18 hours roughly we stuck to these certain patterns in certain areas and didn't get anything. Um, but if you guys had a tournament in the past where like you have pre-fishing success, everything looks good. And then the tournament day comes and like stuff just vacates. Like has that a ha- happened to you and B if it has like, when do you guys pull the plug and start just trying to think on the fly or do you guys just live and die on that pattern?
0: Well, sometimes I guess we have had it, but we've also had it on the same tournament where we're on fish. And then you always have the old saying, never leave fish to find fish. But that's what happened to us on Sunday is we didn't leave the fish and we decided we're going to die on this pattern because we do know they're there, but they're not active. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. This time, unfortunately, it didn't work.
1: Yeah, because I guess I'll go ahead, Clayton.
3: Well, um, I was just going to say too, like that is that happens to us so often where the pattern changes, uh, cave run would be one thing. I mean, we burned way too many fish pre-fishing there again, Uh, once again, not on purpose, just fishing a lot of new stuff. And, uh, there were more fish on all these spots and tournament day comes around and they weren't there anymore or timing was off. I, I, sometimes I wonder. A lot of times it's so much about timing for even maybe 100%. For you guys. If your timing is off, you could be in the right perfect spot. It's just those fish, those windows. I don't think every fish in the lake hits the window at the same time, you know, but somebody seems like almost always is catching a fish somewhere. At Gus, are you, yeah.
1: time. Gus, are you going to say what I think you're about to say? Why? You, you say it quick because I might have something completely different. Well, I just, the, the timing thing. I mean, you know, we, we touched on our last podcast about the, the group of people that caught the fish that we visually saw. Um, that's a spot that we worked four or five times. That was timing. That's timing. We did, after watching your video on Friday, realize we also fished that spot.
3: That uh, day, Clayton
1: caught a fish. 45 minutes prior. Yep. On Friday, so, we, the cast you made was, Nearly identical to a cast both Gus and I made. Same depth, same area. Multiple. I took so many casts Multiple. at that freaking boat ramp. You... Yeah. um, it's Just awesome. off of it, outside of it. And, you know, it like that was the only time through the whole tournament our pass crossed. And it was, you know, middle portion of the lake. That was the only time our pass crossed. But you're <laughs> I really talking about timing. <laughs> we, you saw us leave.
0: I know you're waving at us, is hilarious. That's actually probably what helped put us in a better mood before we caught that fish. So oh, you, you guys
1: are smiling. I couldn't well, believe that it. We're honestly. getting in a
0: better mood, but seeing you two drive away just both waving at us
1: <laughs> made us laugh. Do. That's what we do. We do when
0: we <laughs> so see thanks. each other.
1: We, we like to wave like absolute idiots every time we're like, yay. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but um, No, Max, what I was going to say, which is... Honestly, something that I would like to think just about any tournament angler, possibly any angler on any given basis wants to know about just the changing of bites throughout any given day. Because as we know, this is a two and a half day tournament. The chances that all two and a half days of the tournament, the weather is going to be the same is pretty much near impossible happening, especially in, in fall in Wisconsin and how much the weather changes is that sometimes what I've seen in some tournaments, you know, the few so far that I've been in my, in my life so far is, is that some people are absolutely on fish next day, the weather changes, they don't catch a single fish, but maybe they still end up in the top 10 and then they talk about it afterwards. And they're like, yep, we stuck to our game plan. And, but we just didn't pan out on the second day. And it leads me to believe that just like it's sometimes the people that can think on the fly and like go from having an absolute stellar day and then thinking in their head, weather's going to change. We don't even touch that area or we don't even touch those lures. We need to switch to jerk baits. Don't even touch the bucktails or don't even touch rubber. Like that's where I really want to learn and i think that's what tournament fishing is teaching me like when like you guys nick and clay more know more than than we know there's some tournament anglers that you specifically know how they fish so you almost can predict when like how they're going to catch the fish and if they're going to like hammer them or not like a few of those sticks in the tournament that like really good at catching big fish you probably know who i'm talking about exactly and just like you know that this is like what they're licking their chops for. And then there's some times in the tournament where like they might struggle because they're chasing a bite after big fish that might not even eat because big fish don't sometimes eat every day. So mm-hmm. what I'm kind of getting at of this is that the weather kept changing throughout this whole weekend. You guys got your three fish Saturday, put you at four <clears throat> fish total. Let's dive in to what you're thinking about going into Sunday, seeing that it's just more downpour, more wind, and more clouds. Well, let's also preface where you guys were at now after Saturday. Oh, that's right. You're sitting in second place, but not by a lot,
0: half by minutes. a half a inch.
1: And the team that's leading you, and you guys stuck with the Senate brothers for two days on the Chippewa Flowage, you know, essentially tied with them going into the third day. So you guys were on it, you know, about as good as you could possibly be, you know, not to mention that there was other opportunities. And it sounded like the Senate's also had their, you know, missed opportunities as well.
0: The Senate's are amazing sticks.
1: And uh, agreed. Yes. Agreed. Um, Big time. And so day three, you wake up. I mean, I remember asking you guys how you feel and you guys were both Calm, cool and collected. I didn't believe it for a fucking second. Um, <laughs> because you got a boat on the line and, and, you know, the chance to win. But you knew what you were up against, so, you know, what, was it the same game plan and you're just going to stick to it and you know, what, what like, kind of what was going through your guys' head?
0: I gotta say, it was we kind of talked about it and we're like, well, let's stick with the same game plan and plus, like we alluded earlier that I had that one that missed my bait and that was actually really close to, I would say it was about 20 feet off of where Clay caught his first fish on Saturday. So I was like, well, we still have a pretty active fish right there. So that's where we started again. And unfortunately that one did not come out to eat.
3: Yeah. So I, we were feeling confident. I had nerves about the spot continuing to reload um we'd been pounding it and uh it reloaded fine and there were new fish there you know for day 2 day 3 comes around we go through there um we marked fish on side imaging but nothing really came in aggressive at all and like you know you saw all these other boats that have been pounding it too were also in there you know we all raced you know, to see who could get onto what spots first. And, you know, we're almost playing bumper boats with another boat. Um, I think they tried to push us off the spot and I literally went right alongside of them within 10 feet of them and wouldn't back down fishing opposite structure. But yeah, it was two separate points. They were fishing one direction. We were fishing the other, but I guess Nick stopped, turned around to look and see what they were doing. They were both like had stopped casting. were staring at us like, what were the there any any
2: words exchanged
1: there?
3: Not a word. I no. I wasn't going to even acknowledge. I wasn't even going to acknowledge that they were there.
1: So, my question to you guys is how many boats do you think were filtering through this and do you think that more boats started showing up as the tournament progressed because they saw you guys up on stage day 2, recognized what was going on and started to kind of chase a little bit?
0: Mm, no, I don't think so. I remember seeing the same boats throughout the weekend. I mean, there's one other boat that I don't remember seeing on Friday came in. Like,
1: Titan shaking his head, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I think we definitely there was one boat that came in and uh explored it a little more than before. Maybe one other one. Uh one in particular that maybe could have been following us a little bit. But one boat did actually stay away I thought was going to be in there heavier um a couple people that we know or whatever and we you know been fishing with for a while we've even stayed with them once but they actually I don't know if they gave us our space or if they just never had the same same success that we did fishing those spots prior to that they figured all the fish were stung already I'm not really sure but um it wasn't it wasn't too terrible the boats that were in there were in there they were in there to pound the same stuff that we were to, they were we were all going after kind of the same fish and it seemed like they got fewer and fewer. Mm-hmm. I I do remember Max when you asked them in the morning
1: like how you feeling and I know Clayton you responded with like I don't know if that spot we got's going to reload or not I kind of like see it or in your eyes hear it in your voice a little bit that you were like a little hesitant like uh you know I don't know but like you're, you're stuck with your guns for sure and I it's honestly exactly what Max and I would have done. I love. I I hate leaving fish to find fish, but was there a moment there so on Sunday? Fish. Was that right? I, especially if you start side imaging them again, like, is that if you're only going like after a telltale? A few fish. Oh, sorry.
0: I say if you're only going after a few fish, then yeah, I would probably split off. But for how much we were seeing, because normally we'd see either side imaging or a physical foul every time through this one area but Mm -hmm. it got to the point we didn't see anything then
1: and do you think that was like the point where you're like "Uh oh we gotta leave or was it like and and did you maybe or like how much time did you give it
3: so i would like to um this is one thing that i feel like i could maybe work on myself or get better at and And we just need to probably spend more time on a body water like that and figure things out differently. But I think a lot of those boats that we were fishing next to, they vacated all at a certain time. And I believe you guys, Gus and Max said that, you know, at a certain time on Sunday, you saw a wave of boats heading from West to East. And, uh, that's about the time when I was starting to think, or I was definitely having second thoughts of. Do we abandon this? Do we make a run? We had a couple other spots east that you know we could have checked out, or everyone vacated. This is our chance to have the whole area to ourselves. These fish that were here decide to turn on, you know, we stay here and uh you know All it could time. light up. It could light up for us. I, you know, what do you do? I <laughs> Senates I- knew exactly what to do because. That's his body of water and he knew what those fish where they were gonna go and where they needed to go. I had, you know, we didn't really know for sure. It would have been a shot in the dark either way, and we chose to, like you said, stay on fish or where fish were rather than go look for new ones. And who knows, we didn't do any exploring during the tournament. So we had no idea who was fishing what, who was catching fish where and what fish that we had seen maybe pre fishing were gonna be burned or gone and Right. You know, I don't know what to do. Like, it's such a tough call. I, it is it's tough.
1: impossible. That's where the luck, I I think that's where the luck element comes in. If you, you know, it, it's either luck or it's like luck mixed with like gut feelings, I think, where you you got to make a decision, you stick with it and you just got to wear the results of whatever decision that you make. It and comes I down think, to
0: like knowledge of the water yeah. and the presentation you're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a knowledge aspect, but I, I think, like, with what Clayton's saying is, like, you guys knew you were on fish, and then you realized, like, when you were saying, you know, boats started to vacate, I could 100% understand where you're at, like, okay, now we have the spot to ourselves, if, if these fish turn on here, we're in a golden, we're like the golden goose position, like, we have full pick of the litter on any of these fish, or they have turned off or vacated or completely shut down and we do need to make a move. We have two and a half, three hours left. We got to make something out of nothing here. It's, it's nearly an impossible. I made the right decision until you catch the fish, right? Like you guys stay on that spot. You get one or two more to go. You guys feel like geniuses. You make a move across the lake, you go fish a spot, you pre-fish and you catch one. You feel like a genius. I mean, it's just, you just don't, it's like what Jeremy said. Musky fishing sucks. Musky fishing sucks. Oh my god, I'm the best musky fisherman in the world. When yes. when things actually pan out, like it, that's that's what it is. I mean, it just you know it's impossible to make those calls. Like, but but you can, and you're gonna roll the dice every once in a while. And sometimes I feel like it's gonna pay off, and sometimes it just it doesn't work. You know, and that's just it is what it is. I agree.
0: Hundred percent.
1: But I mean, like it, like you're talking about Gus, like changing patterns and stuff. I mean, I feel like Madison was the only time, I mean, I guess cave run, I'm sure you felt pretty smart catching some fish by yourself. I'd imagine jigging and whatnot, but I feel like Madison (laughs) was, you know, like the first time where we really were like, wow, we did something cool because, you know, you caught that fish on the first day on a 10 inch monster tube and the weather completely shifted like a 180 degree turn from 80 degrees in sun, you know, pontoon boats, jet skis, and wakeboard boats to Sunday being no wind. Yeah, no wind to Sunday being blowing 25, 30 miles an hour, uh, as about as cold as it can be in June and, um, you know, raining. And we decided to completely switch up and we didn't really switch spots per se as much, but we did push in shallower and completely change presentations. And it was like, that was a total gamble. Like, we could have just caught 15 pike and been done with it. But, you know, it worked out. And if it didn't, we would have felt like idiots for throwing five-inch twitch baits. Yeah, I I agree. I'm trying to think back on the on the cave run thing. I don't... That was... That might have been dumb luck. But, um... I, sorry,
0: I...
3: It's oh. not dumb luck when it works. Mm-mm. It's not luck when it yeah. No, I mean <laughs> that is not dumb luck. What you were doing that was genius. Somehow
0: yeah.
1: it was. I I mean that goes back to the gut feeling. I think I said it way back at God. This might be our second. It was probably our second podcast ever. When Cave Run, maybe the first actually. I think Cave Run might have been the first. Potentially, um everyone
2: preview and then the results or something, one and two, yeah,
1: something like that. And I had I think just the gut feeling because Nick and Clayton, you guys stayed with me. I was pretty down bad after pre-fishing. I know you guys were on them. I saw you guys once pre-fishing, which I later found out I rolled up on you guys immediately after you caught a fish without knowing everything stowed away. And I roll up to the spot, and I'm like, oh, this spot looks hey kind of good. And you guys are just standing there like, hey, yes, you know, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, I remember that was hilarious. Then, that was so funny. And then during the tournament, when I'm sitting there jigging, and then I find out that the barbers come by, and then you guys come by, and also I'm like, oh, I'm actually in, like, the right area for once. <laughs> Finally, it felt like I was doing something kind of correct. <clears throat> I don't know.
0: Uh, I really like that body of water. I'm excited I, for next year.
1: Um, I think real, I do too. Real quick, Gus, I, I do want to touch on this because I'm, I'm, I don't know if people care or are interested, but um, I do want to kind of touch on the fact that, you know, like we're all, so we're all staying at a cabin together. It's, you know, me and Gus, Clayton and Nick, Jeremy and Trevor at Vermilion. We had another two people with us, Amanda and Nicole, like, you guys just all want to talk about kind of like the economy of like, you know, we're all in this cabin together. We're all talking about pre-fishing, but we're not really trying to say too much, but we're also trying to kind of talk about it, but it's kind of gibberish, kind of nothing, kind of something. I think it's one of the funniest freaking things of all time. Like, yeah, we did good today. And oh, did you? Like what? <laughs> you know?
0: I That is uh, the reason why I like the PMPT, honestly. as my number one is the camaraderie with everyone.
3: Yeah, it's like yeah. you
0: just have to stay in the cabins. We all get to do something we obviously love doing and hang out with friends, get to know new people. And But like you said, it is kind of funny because you're trying to explain something, but you're trying not to give away your spot or exactly how you're doing it. <laughs> but at the same time, you want your friends to go out and catch a fish. Right, because right. I know by but the I end of the tournament, to, I wanted you guys to stick fish so bad and get top gun. Well, we
1: wanted you guys to stick fish and win the damn thing, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It's like I, I'm, I think I was about to bring this point up earlier, but we kind of shifted gears when we were talking about chasing a bite. It's the same thing when we're staying in the cabin, and I know it's a big thing that jeremy Barber has brought up that we don't as just a group of staying together we don't chase each other's bites we know that we go to the ends of the earth on all these different lakes and we find right. our own thing and then when we come back after the day we talk about techniques types of spots maybe types of structure if we're looking for weeds or not maybe kind of dive into bait category sometimes but it's very vague and that's where it gets funny because you're like ah you know well well we found the spot it kind of tips into the river channel but doesn't really a little bit off of it it's got (laughs) some weeds because you remember in vermilion when we pulled up on jeremy and trevor right after i moved at like 50 in the weeds Advermillion vermilion, and oh, yeah. everybody's just smashing them on rocks everyone's fishing rocks it's like rocks 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 find the rocks you'll find the fish and we're like well it's so goddamn windy we can't fish the rocks so like let's go fish some weeds we're not in there for in 15 freaking minutes and I move this like four footer plus and we get out of the bay because we're like all right that bitch is ours come you know Friday morning and uh Jeremy's sitting out there and he didn't see where we came from because they're kind of faced the other way. We kind of pull up on him. We go, oh, I think that's Jeremy. And that was the first Minnesota fish I'd ever moved. So I'm all jacked up. You know, Gus kind of gets mad at me sometimes because I like to talk a lot. <laughs> and I say probably more than I should. And you guys don't ever that, stop. You know? oh, I get oh, few, stop. I get a few oh. cocktails in me and I'm like, yeah, and I caught it on a bucktail. Oh, fuck. I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that. And, yeah, it uh, doesn't matter much. And this is you know we what you're... we pull up on jeremy's he's like, yeah, it's been a little bit of a slow day. We moved a few, and I'm like, oh, we, you know, we just moved a like a fifty, and he goes rocks, and I go, ish. <laughs> <laughs> <And I'm> just, <laughs> and he and looks at me, and I look at him. I'm like, there ain't any weeds in this lake, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Gus is like why did you say that? And I was like, I, I'm a bad liar. I just wanted to tell them we were right here in this area and we just moved in. <laughs> like, well, know, it. Like we ended up just, telling them, but yeah, we ended up telling them where we were at, but like it, it just, it's, I just crack up at the, the kind of like, you know, table talk or whatever. Like we're all drinking a few cocktails and we start talking about the day. And it's, it's just so interesting. Cause it's like, man, Clay and Nick are really on fish right now. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> We never well, saw you like, guys pre-fishing or during the tournament, except well, for one like once. one yeah. time. Just the well, one time takeoff. Yeah, take off, I guess.
0: <laughs> but it, it's funny, like you say, like what we we're talking about is following or chasing somebody's bite. Because like the reason why I'm, I just wanted to recap on this, like I don't like doing it because it's how you present your lure. I know when you rip a tube, you rip it different than me. Clay rips it different than both of us. Jeremy rips it different. Mm-hmm. It's your technique. I've never seen Max rip rubber yet, but I'm guessing he's way different too.
1: Oh, Doki 1.0. Oh, you saw me ripping rubber
0: that day. Oh, yeah. That's all right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, everybody Doki. has a different technique of how they fish <laughs> bucktails, tubes. So chasing someone's bite is never going to pan out.
3: Yeah. All I want to do, it, it is so hard for me to not – and. Nick, too, we're like every time if we catch a fish pre fishing during a tournament, like right away, we just want to go and like tell you guys what we got and how we got it because anything to help like our friends out, and it's so hard to like be secretive sometimes. Like, I seriously just want to help. I don't know what it is about me, but I always want to help like my friends, the people that we're staying with out as much as I can. And you know, like, not I. want to think that nobody's ever going to like come and try and like just pigtail us around you know and i hope that that never happens you know to anybody that we talk to but you know it's really hard to hold back information i love talking about fishing and like telling people what we're doing and anything i can do to like help you know my friends succeed you know as long as you know and and share the wealth of what we're doing if we can you know if we can get on a bite it's it's tough
0: same as me too (laughs) I mean, that's kind of yeah. like me and Max were talking about it. It's when we're talking about where we caught our first fish. Um, we were never going to go back in that lake again. But I was just wondering where Max saw him. And I'm like, well, this is also where we saw him. Because I also didn't want you guys to go back on a fish that you had up that we already stuck.
1: Yeah. Like, no, sure. yeah. We,
0: we and... thought about that. It's like, then you and me kind of exchanged some spots there. It's like, I don't, I just want to help you guys out. We yeah. have no planning coming
1: back we felt this i mean we we feel the same way it's like we we want to help out and stuff and like we love shared information you know when it's appropriate obviously the the problem though is is like you know hey if we're talking after day one of pre-fishing like if we told you guys hey the fish are fired up on the east side they're off the main river channels they're in these weed beds or whatever we didn't have to tell you guys a spot but you guys are pretty damn good fishermen that the, the worry would be You know, maybe we go up and check out the north side that morning. We don't know where you guys are at. You guys go start pre-fishing. Next thing you know, you guys are fishing the same spot that we were, you know, and it's not on purpose. It's just because, okay, they said X, Y, and Z is where the fish are going and, oh, this spot looks great. And next thing you know, Friday morning, the tournament starts, we peel out of the, you know, opening line and we're headed to the same spot. You just, you know, that, that's like, you just, you also don't want that to happen. And it's not because you don't like want to help people out it's just because like you also you're in the tournament to do well for your your team like you for you guys so it's like it's not in any ill will it's just like you're worried like when i was talking to ty senate at the bar and he's like well if you guys would have been over by us like i'm you know he's like i would worry that you guys would figure out or, or if you would have been you would have fi- would kind of figured out what was going on and that obviously made us feel very good because i don't maybe believe that but like there is a chance that if we didn't just completely X-nay that side of the lake, maybe we could have figured something out better than what we had, but Gus, sorry. I I know that you had something. Uh, no, that's okay. I was just going to add to, I got to think back now. It was, I think Clayton, you might've said it and I know Jeremy said it. It's the part of pre-fishing when we're talking to each other where we and as a group, we all love to share information. I mean, it's, I think by the end of every tournament, we just start kind of pretty much sharing what we caught them on. And we don't always go into spots or anything crazy like that, but sometimes we do. But it's like, if we do end up telling somebody else a spot, it's not that we think like, oh shit, they're going to go chase that spot. They're going to go just like steal our spot. It's like going to mess with their mind because our three groups were yeah. actually all very good at finding our own bite. And if we start to tell somebody else about it, a completely different one, it'll throw us off like that. And that, it, that's and the it big did thing. throw us off at the chip because you guys didn't say where you're catching fish, but it was pretty evident just from everybody else, you know, that did catch fish and you guys not seeing you guys, we knew you weren't where we were. That's for damn sure. So that was, it, like Gus just said, it was totally messing with our minds. Like we, cause we knew, like we talked about it in our last pod. We said there was a party going on and we were not invited. Because You're always we...
0: invited. <laughs>
1: we, could <laughs> have, but... we, we, we could have been invited if we would have opened up our mailbox and decided yeah, to look exactly. through our envelopes, but we decided not to and decided to go to try to make our own party and nobody showed up. Not a single person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least you guys had
1: each other yeah kind of yeah <laughs> not a very fun party at sometimes sometimes fun but very depressing party until about 3 15 on saturday well
0: that also leads me like this i um so like when you tournament fish it's there are gonna be like two of the best tournament two of the best tournament anglers two of the best fishermen in the world if they're together sometimes they're not gonna do the greatest I think you really have to compliment your partner or you guys got to do the work together. And I know you and Gus do. Me and Clay, I think, compliment each other or just kind of watch each other how they're working baits and do something completely different at times because mm-hmm. we have two different styles of fishing. I,
1: I I mean, I talked about it on the last one. I, the, the fish we caught on Saturday, I told Gus, I said, listen to your gut you tell me where you want to go for our last hour and a half. That's all we have here to make this happen. Pick out a spot. I trust you. And it worked out. And the same thing on Sunday where just said, Gus, you take the wheel here. And I could definitely agree with that. Where if there were two guys that both were really headstrong and had their own kind of agendas on what they wanted to do, it, it could get tough at times. Like, you know, oh, I, we went and fished this spot because my partner said, and we didn't catch a fish and, you know, screw that. I wanted to go over here. And now I heard so-and-so caught a fish over here and that's, it gets tough for sure. So I think there is a lot of that like camaraderie within the boat for sure for tournament. Fishing.
0: And then, yeah. Cause I know Clayton asked me numerous times where I want to go. And I'm like, I don't even know how to fish. You pick. <laughs> oh, stupid. Nick. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> See what I have to deal with. <laughs> The boat oh, banter.
1: love it. I don't I don't mean to bring well I, I do want to bring you into this Brian a little bit as relatively <laughs> more new into the tournament angling how do you feel for the prospects of the 2024 tournament I don't know which one you guys will do but Brian and Max you guys got to do another one looking for redemption how is the boat camaraderie there like what do you think you guys can work on i, I kind of want to hear this a little bit before we get a little too long with this podcast
2: i mean being on the chain it makes it pretty easy like there's not too much guessing although we didn't catch a single fish last tournament so there was a <laughs> lot of guessing but <laughs> in terms of in terms of fighting over spots i mean we both know the spots so well in the chain it's just kind of like you know we both each said pretty much our a one a two spots and we're like, yeah, let's go hit it. Um, so no real arguments there. Um, I don't know. I thought the camaraderie is all right, but at some point like we just got down so bad. It just kind of like, you know, bucket, yeah. keep casting and <laughs> hope our something happens. Eyes. Yeah. I mean, that's I, what we forgot.
1: Honestly, like Brian, I don't want to pump your tires too much, but I feel like if you got out onto a, a, a new body of water that you've never seen before, I can, Probably bet a like, large sum of money that we'd be fishing in spots that nobody else was touching, and oh, yeah. I think I think like that could honestly pan out. Like we, if you and I say you and I fish the PMTT, like in the distant future, there's a year where Gus. Hey, whoa, this. whoa, yeah, you oh, hear that, Gus, he's leaving you. I'll say this. I'll say this. Oh, we get back <laughs> on, <that gun laughs> and now he just wants to go find another. Gus, you yeah. retiring? <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. he's going solo. <laughs> Not of them. Okay,
1: okay, okay. <laughs> Terrible hypothetical. Terrible hypothetical. Say, no, Brian, no, run you, with it. Run no, with say, it. Brian, you fish in the PMTT, um, you know, one of these upcoming years, and you have a partner. Solo. I, I, even <laughs> if it's solo, I no, can no. literally see you blanking in like four events straight and then just winning two in a row because just <laughs> a they happen to be up in the trees that weekend i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like
2: uh, yeah they can't I, be on I land agree, but i think yeah.
1: you're you get pretty close
2: <laughs> if they're out in open water i mean I, I you won't even see my boat out there forget it <laughs>
3: Brian, have you ever even fish bait or like open water deep uh, structure? I, I hear you, I don't, I, yeah, you yeah. don't really like to too much, but it,
2: it's just been a joke with these guys forever because I'm always kind of nudging them closer in. But Gus has pulled my leg enough to get me out into the deeper water in the last couple of years. So I
3: it's heard done a good you amount. If you can't pitch it over the hill into the next lake, you're not fishing tight enough.
1: Yeah, that's a
2: great <laughs> analogy. Yeah, I love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it was just so happened that his fish this year, that 47 and a quarter, came from the sloppiest slop. Oh, yeah,
2: stump field. Stump field. Stump field yeah, I, <laughs> I have never got seen his a head fish in that so area. big.
1: Yeah, I know that that area probably only holds one muskie once a year for about 15 minutes. And Brian's flap tail decided to click, clack. Hey, right, right but that that was
2: it. Max's idea, so he he wisened up for that one and
1: brought us in. <laughs> Well my my and favorite I had to is, get my foot pedal close enough for you for your liking. Yeah, that's, that's true. My favorite is always when we're like fishing the spot and you start going, whoa, 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 what's that over there? And there's <laughs> like a, a, little feeder creek. <laughs> a little
2: feeder creek.
3: It's like, it's dude, that's like, choked
1: sh- out for a hundred yards. Like you can't right. even get a bait in there. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think I should be know. up in there. I
3: don't know.
1: <laughs> I remember, Brian, was it uh, your first time ever fishing sandgrass last summer, was it?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think that was a
1: little maybe last summer.
2: Yeah,
3: Yeah,
1: last summer, your first time ever fishing sandgrass, you caught like a 45. Yeah.
3: (laughs) What's the problem?
1: (laughs)
0: Exactly. What's the problem? I guess he could do that solo.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no it was going back to your question gus it was a blast fishing with brian i i still think that weekend was really weird on the chain i mean we had yeah. clayton on after to talk through it because they did a whole hodgepodge of stuff too trolled and um cast it a little mostly trolled right clay
3: yeah mostly except for yeah. the last like hour and a half of the tournament Those
2: yeah see are... see yeah going back to clayton's question for me i i liked casting at bait in deeper water trolling is really where you lose me
1: (laughs) we'll get you yeah i think still brian has not been in the boat when we've caught a trolling fish caught one making it tough he's been in there when we've gotten a hit well that's mainly because
2: we just kind of or I kind of just refuse to, and then we'll troll for like 30 minutes be like, all right, back to casting. And you'll just be
1: like, yeah, right, we're done,
2: right? I'll start like, casting oh. while we're trolling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you have done that, actually. <laughs> just out of protest. Um, but, yeah, no, I'd love to get in the boat with Brian and fish another tournament. I I do, you know, whatever one comes on the chain again. Those are fun. I mean, fishing on the chain in tournaments, good time. I don't know. It's uh, It's also very frustrating, too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We fished. I don't know how many spots, Brian. Probably forty-five spots that we've caught muskie out of. And, yeah, uh, saw two fish or something. I did yeah. only see two fish in the first twenty minutes, and that was about it. Yeah, it is what it is.
0: It is what it is.
3: Uh, and you guys, right. you guys must have been driving more than you were casting if you hit that many spots. Oh, That's fast better trolling. Yeah,
1: we Might were well at that point. We were flying around, man. We <laughs> we we tried a lot as as fast as we could in our little sixteen foot Ranger. <laughs> Ray, <laughs> Ray, uh, Ray. Clayton went Clayton went by us. We were standing still, had it
3: full. Tilt. Yeah, that
2: that was the best part of the turn. He was leaving the starting line, bow position number one, and everybody's just just blowing by.
0: <laughs> Actually. For the PMTT, you guys are number one for the whole next year.
1: Yeah, we either need a new <laughs> engine or something, otherwise, we're never going to get to Your a spot engine. first. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that'll always be funny to me. I, yeah, you don't want to see me if I ever get a 200. I'm going to be the cockiest mofo of all time. <laughs> Start trying to race people and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, <that's>... <laughs> where are you going? I'll beat you there.
0: Slips. <laughs> so I'm not going to fish, but I just want to race, race you. <laughs> yeah,
1: some Fast and Furious type shit, Tokyo Drift out there.
0: I'm actually watching the Fast and Furious right now. Are you? No <laughs>
1: way. I did oh. see a fast boat this past weekend drift. Max, remember when we were fishing near that tight river area and that one like drifted around a corner? Oh, we're He like, saw really? us and took a hard skirt skirt and we're like, that boat's going to just like Torpedo itself, like it cut so hard because they were like came around the corner going like I don't know seventy 60, between like two yeah, islands 60, seventy, and then tried to take a hard turn and then they saw us like oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> just <laughs> damn near flipped the boat and Gus and I were like these guys are idiots <laughs> <laughs> big time sorry bass guys all right so <laughs> let's just let's reel this back in real quick um. It's okay. Sunday obviously didn't pan out, but the end of the tournament, four fish, do you feel like... And a walleye. And a walleye. Do you feel like <laughs> redemption was had in a sense, or what, what was the ending feeling? I mean, you took third in the freaking championship. That's an awesome accomplishment.
3: I'm happy. Yeah. I felt... I feel good about it. I guess redemption. I feel like we have more... I'm sure this isn't the last time we're going to fish it and I feel like we have more learning to do and we can potentially grow and do even better next time. Hopefully, but um as far as the curse is finally ended, what a relief. I can't even explain begin to explain to you how how much better we feel about that, but uh we're still only uh 4 for well, 14. So we got some work to do yet to improve our odds <laughs> out there. Oh, man. Hey. I
0: felt pretty good about it. I mean, I always try to stay optimistic on the boat anyways. But, I don't know, Anytime we boat a fish during a tournament, let alone boat, this is the first time we ever got four during a tournament. And I look at it as a positive side. I mean, like I told Clay, I don't care really what happens. We gave it our all. We had a good time. We argued hundred percent of the time. It was a good time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds fun. All right.
0: Well, hell of an
1: accomplishment guys. I mean, yeah. When if slash when you guys make it back to the championship next year, you know, whatever lessons need to be learned, I'm sure you guys will learn them and should be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for 2024 PMTT trail. I know we discussed doing a full kind of winter campfire whiskey chat, um, you know, just about all the shenanigans that go on behind the scenes and just tournament stories and fishing stories and stuff with you guys and the barbers and, you know, whoever else wants to join. So I'm looking forward to that, but what, a uh, what's the, um, what's the mission? What's the goal for 2024 for you guys Top gun, champion, all of the above,
0: catch one fish. Then you can get that's, two. Don't that's <laughs> right. wait on the math there expert we are. on that one. <laughs> I that
3: got math. it now. Yeah. Fishing every, fish every tournament for sure would be like a number one goal. I mean, I think that should be everyone's goal is, you know, if you can figure out enough to get to put one in the boat at every tournament, you know, being consistent is always. So it's, you know, it's a hard thing to do. It's not easy. There's a lot of different water out there. I mean, a lot of different variables, completely different bodies of water and completely different parts of the world. And a lot can happen, especially in the course of a week when you're there. So,
1: well, I'll be really excited to ski what the uh, schedule brings for next year and see what kind of, you know, hurdles we're going to have to climb in this tournament fishing atmosphere because as I'm sure our listeners just got a full dose of probably well over 2, well 4 hours of uh, tournament recaps here tonight. Gosh. It's been it's been awesome. I mean, I think this is like a cool behind the scenes, you know, we chatted that this stuff is awesome. We hope more people do this. Anybody who's listening that has ever had an inkling to fish in a tournament, I would say do it because it is a lot of fun. If people don't like it, that's all good. Everyone's got their own prerogative to go musky fishing. We love to musky fish for fun, too. We just love to musky fish. But I'll tell you what, there's a different level of uh, excitement when a fish hits the net uh, in a tournament. Just kind of a feeling
0: like you can't
1: replicate.
3: Yeah, and I got to say, too, like, the people that we have met over the few years that we've done this and the friendships we've made are irreplaceable. Seriously, like. If not for nothing else. I mean, you're not going to get rich doing tournaments and maybe a couple people have made decent money, but as far as a musky tournament is concerned, there isn't the money in it. Like there is in walleye and the bass tours, but there is really something about friendships that we've made and developed and continued over the years. And that stuff is irreplaceable. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything.
1: Yeah. I I can second that. I mean, I think the one thing I wish I would have said on stage is like to thank everybody at the PMTT for being so cool to Gus and I, you know, first year on the trail, first time doing it. You never know what kind of reception you're going to get just being there the first time. So everyone was super nice. I mean, super welcoming. Everyone was great. I mean, it was a lot of fun. We, yeah, we had a blast. It was, it was a really good time.
0: Also congratulations to you and Gus for Top Gun. Thanks. Appreciate it. That is awesome still. Yeah, appreciate it. It was uh it was
1: cool. That was uh that that fish on Saturday afternoon, Gus, is probably one I will I will not forget.
0: <laughs> nope.
1: I won't either because it was not a pike and it happened to be musky.
0: Yeah, that was an awesome video. <laughs> <laughs> not,
1: a bike, not a pike bike,
0: not. not a pike. Not a pike. not a pike. I can't believe hey, that. Did you ever get footage of that other one?
1: from sunday i haven't looked i gotta look oh, okay. i'm being lazy today and i was actually going to do it in between our podcast but we decided to take a really long time on the first one and now we are recording the second one which man the time frame is going to be so far off i'm sorry for the listeners if i don't end up recording like a little out never never mind listeners sorry about that i will be recording <laughs> probably a Something next week on like how the bite's been going. I know I've been trying to, you know, keep an update on like current conditions, maybe water temps, what the fish have been going on this past podcast is all PMTT. This one's all PMTT. So I'll add that in there, but fish I think pretty good tonight. Oh, it, it <laughs> was Nick, uh, Nick
0: bagged one tonight.
1: I <laughs> can't believe you could still cast.
0: Dude, I wasn't even going to go out. I just decided, hey, look at this weather. I have to go. And it worked. (laughs) Yeah, should have worked two other times, too.
1: Like you said, if you're on them, you're going to lose them. (laughs) Yep. If you're on fish, you're going to lose them. But, uh, yeah, this was all recorded on September 25th. Max and I and then just a little bit of Brian, uh, or mainly Brian, like, the whole time. He's about to pass out, I can see. We've been chilling here, doing podcasting for about four hours. Um, Gents, I don't know where you guys are at, but I think I'm ready to wrap it up and get some sleep here tonight. And I cannot thank you guys enough for coming on. Thank you, Clayton, for coming back on. Nick, thank you coming on. First time of the podcast. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. I cannot wait to do our whiskey fireplace banter whole <laughs> 2023 pmtt recap Christmas special special for you... the winter with clayton nick yeah. myself max brian hopefully if you can pop on and uh the barbers jeremy and trevor barber be a lot of heads in here
0: i'm I just gonna was... say you're going to want to give yourself some extra time to edit it then
1: uh yep, yeah. Jeremy Barber <laughs> might might have a lot of bleeping going on. It, it might be the end about. of it might be the end of Muskie's on tap because our asses <laughs> are getting getting canceled. Oh, <laughs> you might be really
0: Watch
1: his mouth. Actually, I just thought of this. That'll
2: probably tonight... be
3: the most watched, listened to <laughs> oh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, in <laughs> <draft>. yeah most, <laughs> and, <laughs> most and even if yeah, it wasn't,
1: it will be... be on the local news. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, need to just get a, you need to get a bleep button so you can just be ready whenever he does it.
1: Yeah. Just
0: be ready to hit it while I'll just be hammering <laughs>
1: it the whole, t- the whole time.
0: Yeah. As <laughs> so long as he's going on a center. rant.
1: Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Some of those rants. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. I had a blast with you fellas this year and looking forward to hopefully getting out on
0: the boat with you guys this fall, a uh, day or two. Operation but, uh, Doki 5.0. <laughs> I don't know how many
1: <laughs> operations we got, but it's kind of adding up. Yeah. Summers <laughs> are infinite, so yeah, uh, no doubt. All right, fellas, we'll get some sleep. We'll uh we'll chat soon. Thanks Sounds for coming good, on, guys. guys.
3: Thank you. See you good night. Night.
1: All right, just want to say thanks again for Clayton Spees and Nick Amrose for coming on the podcast tonight. We had a great chat, kind of diving in a little bit deeper on their PMTT success on getting third place in this year's championship at the Chippewa Flowage. So thanks again, but did not shoot an outro when we recorded this. We were on the podcast for four or more hours. Uh, Right now I got Max on the line to shoot the outro. Brian is probably saving lives as he always does at his work and uh (laughs) we'll uh yeah we'll just kind of talk quick about uh the fishing conditions a merch update and then we'll let everybody go so yeah (laughs) yeah he's definitely he's definitely saved at least a few shoulders so far today so godspeed for for our guy um yeah that was a fun night of podcasting we (laughs) pretty much went i don't know what you said it was about four hours of um tournament talk that was a uh that was a good time um you know i don't know i haven't listened to it yet but i'm assuming i'm guessing that we probably got a little bit loopy there towards the end um yeah (laughs) i don't know i think it went off the rails a few times a little bit nothing crazy actually i think it was all pretty in good order honestly for some of our podcasts we have a we've had a few more like honestly the q a are the ones that get unhinged and (laughs) <laughs> like time just goes like crazy, so um. Well, hope, hopefully you guys enjoyed that hearing a different perspective because, as we've touched on a few times in these podcasts, like there's always bites going on, and it was probably nice to hear a little bit of a, a perspective from a team that was actually on some fish, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I agree. There, yeah, it's it's good to hear, good to hear both perspectives. So, uh, I sure. I guess what we can talk about really quick in this outro would be the current conditions and when this podcast comes out it's going to be finally the cold snap that we're looking for uh today is october 4th wednesday and it has been just uber hot out and the bite has been extremely tough been able to get a few on suckers which has been pretty awesome Um, kind of just saving, saving my ass out in the water again, but I think the, uh, casting bite should pick back up, but not many fish were really following. And if they were, they were late and lazy, which is why the suckers were, uh, a benefit to pick up some, some late fish. And for location, there has been, honestly, they're kind of spread out everywhere, but there's been a complete shift. In some fish leading their way towards deeper holes, deeper shorelines and cribs, rocks, and like fallen timber already. Seeing a lot of fish coming off of shorelines nearest to that. Uh, I've been fishing a little bit of some mid-lake stuff, but that's pretty much only if it's steep and has some sort of like different cover other than just weeds. It seems like that the fish aren't just in there, full-on weedy summer habitat anymore you might find a few stragglers but those water temps climbed I mean we're in the low 60s and and decreasing and with this warm-up I saw over 68 and some giant blooms on slack water areas of the lakes I was fishing where it just turned to green pea soup so I think that finally is going to be behind us. Uh, For those going out this weekend, you do not have to worry about turnover. I know that's going to be a huge topic probably for the next two weeks, I would say. Hopefully, it's just a steady decline. We're going to get a lot of wind, which is good. We need that water to be mixing. But yeah, last I saw was like 65 to 68 degree water temp. Main Lake mainly is like, yeah. I know it's crazy. It's mainly like 65. So it'll decrease um, probably not super rapidly until more towards the end of like middle to end of the weekend when we get the really cold nights. But thankfully we have the wind to keep it mixing and not have any drastic changes. Because if it's like drastically hot and calm or like drastically cold and Calm. i don't know it seems like that water fluctuates way too fast and gets fish and funks so so for people that are listening to this on you know thursday when it comes out or friday and they're heading up north um obviously we're looking at a pretty massive drop off in temperature um you know we've i think these first two weekends of october have always been historically great to us uh but we've kind of gotten it done in a few different ways um, but what what do you kind of feel like what's your gut feeling on you know how how this weather is going to affect their moods as far as bitey bitiness uh pretty good i'd say uh, i actually just I'm messaging with a buddy who i knew Noah's is up here and he was out yesterday and he did not have any suckers and didn't get any action and was able to put some fish in the boat with suckers in our boat but then he's so I haven't even gone out fishing yet today And he's been out and he's already had three Extremely hot follows on Rubber So hmm. I was going to say That I think Rubber should be a pretty uh, Significant uh, Lure to go okay. For casting on the weekend uh, I'd probably uh, I don't know I don't like being preferential with the With the Rubber But I'm probably going to be rigging up Medusa's maybe more than Bulldogs yet to get a little hang, I think once it's post-turnover, we're going to be hopping bulldogs probably a lot more. But I think the suics are going to shine. That that bait has been getting a lot of looks lately in and in actually multiple lost fish, unfortunately. But I wouldn't overlook blades either. Um, we just raised a very large fish yesterday uh, Tuesday, the third on a willow bladed bucktail with a very small, uh, bucktail hair skirt on it. So if they're not if if you don't either a like to use rubber or large baits and you're mainly a bucktail fisherman and you're not seeing stuff on your traditional lures, I would definitely try a willow bladed bucktail in larger blade size. That's always done good in the fall for some reason. I, I don't know why, but those willow blades have always shined. They get deeper. In the fall. They get deeper in the water yeah. column, so I think that's the that key. Makes sense. And you can slow them down and and still uh, pump them through weeds if you're fishing weeds, or just slow roll them and they'll end up getting multiple feet down. If you're going over rocks or cribs or some something, something like that, because the fish are still higher up in the water column. I mean, the sucker fish that we're getting. If they're boat side, I'm sure it's from a late follow, but if sometimes if it's that back sucker, we're only, I'm only keeping it at like the visibility line or higher, honestly, some of the times I've only been keeping it like three to five ish feet down, you know, about 30 to 50 feet back from the boat. So that's kind of, that's getting it done. And I suspect that will continue for this pre-turnover bite. And I think the weather's only going to help. Yeah. Another nice, uh, tiger you got the other day on some warmer fall conditions. I, I don't know what it is about that bite, but that's been now yeah. a handful of years in a row where we've gotten a big tiger on a warmer fall day on a sucker earlier in the fall. So yeah. And just as I don't know what that reasoning is, but no, but I don't know either, but just as tigers like to be tigers, that fish came nowhere near a moon phase and nothing was going on and it was just out of the blue. So that was that was pretty cool that was nice to see another large tiger hit the net but i think that's it for the bite overall i just say lucky for the people going up this weekend instead of last weekend because you're you're favored with a lot better weather i know there's a little bit of good weather this past weekend unfortunately i didn't fish the entire time and some of the times i did i was solo and i tried max i let you know on this uh that absolute trophy clear body of water i went solo on never been to before <laughs> yeah and i pulled a jeremy and i i mean my tracks cover that entire lake and it's not a small lake so That's good on, so, on I mean, a, sounds like you found some fish there you didn't catch one but you you no, know like you had a few moving. moving yeah maybe. i tried i looked everywhere i did a lot of driving i did a lot of trolling i did some casting um, when I was trolling with, with uh, having the side image going and live scope out, I think I contacted probably eight to 10 different fish. You know, if some of them ended up oh, wow. being the same, I guess somewhere around eight. Yeah. And I don't think some of them were small. So <laughs> they yeah. were hanging out in some somewhat predictable areas, but ended up all being actually in pretty much one spot, which is pretty nuts, even though I went around the entire lake. Yeah, well, they like to pack up this time of year. I'm I'm excited. I've, I get to get up there, um, as you know, fish with you and our, our uncle who's coming over from Colorado for a few days and doing some fishing. So I'm I'm real curious to see kind of how this weekend goes with the big time cold snap. I mean, I feel like it could fire off in a, in a big way, but I'll be curious to see where those fish are staging. You know, we're still in the pre-turnover phase, but with this cold weather, you know, if, if they're going to start to push out and... You know, I'll just be curious to kind of see, see what we end up doing. And I mean, I'm, I know we'll, we'll hopefully figure something out, but, um, just kind of wait and see what that, that is, I guess. Yep. Yep. We'll see what that is and we'll let everybody know how it goes the next week on the podcast. So I think we can move on then to, uh, last couple updates. Sure. Uh, what's the status on this, the merch? merch is going smoothly for the fact that we have it in as we let you guys all know but unfortunately that was but they came in early and I do not have the website ready there's complications that I am not good with Uh, I am new to this and I'm trying my absolute hardest on getting this out like the merch is here and it pains me to like look at it And not be able to get it out in an orderly fashion because I know if I rush it, there's going to be issues and I don't want issues because right now in the practice phase of getting it ready, there are issues. And the last thing I need is to have you guys want merch, be super excited, order it, and then just like there's all these hassles of shipping and money and all the You know BS that goes into that a little bit that I just can't seem to get figured out for some reason. So internal complications that will be solved very soon. Just keep a lookout on our Instagram Muskie's on Tap, and we'll 100% say it on the podcast. You know of the week that it comes out, that we'll we'll say like when it's ready to go and when it's up on the website and in stock and available to order and that's that's on your guide page right sugsfishing.com yep that's on my uh, guide service page which is www.sugsfishing.com uh you can actually check out some of the photos and descriptions as we speak right now and yeah we'll just see how it goes and and if it's a hit we'll order some more and maybe think <laughs> of some uh some uh, new new options for you guys out there if you want to let us know what you're looking for right now we just have the pint glasses stickers and hoodies so let us know if you want other things if people are looking for hats t-shirts i don't know anything like that or maybe koozies i know i I, I totally blanked on that i was gonna get koozies for this first run but that might be in the future yeah yeah we'll we'll get better you know as we kind of move along with this stuff and learning um kind of everything we've we like you said we've not done stuff like this in the past so it's just been a big learning process um but uh hey real quick shout out to joel blessing um for winning our giveaway so yeah. he's getting a nice uh muskies on tap sweatshirt sent him down in uh into florida so hopefully he'll get to enjoy that sweatshirt for a few months out of the year a few days um, <laughs> um, hey branching out the brand yeah yeah sure surely surely um but yeah no the giveaway was fun i we uh, were really appreciative of all the people commenting and and kind of getting involved in that so i think that was actually a good gauge on us kind of saying, okay, maybe you know, maybe people will want these and buy them. So <laughs> that's uh, true. That was definitely encouraging. Um, I know you'll figure out the payment stuff on your end here shortly. Uh, it sounds like you guys are pretty close. So hoping you know, very soon uh, we can get it out. And um, yeah, like you said, if there's any feedback you guys have, let us know. We're we're all ears, Um So keep us keep us posted on what what you guys like don't like all that stuff yeah yeah because we want it's for you guys we want to hear from you and yeah just stay patient with us we are the most unprofessional professionals you've ever seen in the podcasting industry (laughs) and we're not professionals i know (laughs) i'm joking on that we are not at all we're just we're just trying to have fun here and and uh Just give out some good info to the people and have some good interviews which in that case max we got some more interviewees lined up and we're pretty excited about them yeah it'll be a good uh, next few weeks with some great interviews um you know it's sad to say but well we're kind of stumbling into the the thick of fall here um you know that only really means that winter is coming and you know, the season's going to slow down. So we really got to cherish these next few weeks and we'll kind of figure out what the landscape of muskies on tap will be for the winter mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. But we're just going to cherish these next few weeks. Uh, if you have any opportunities to get on the water, got to do it. It's um, you know, the, the windows are, are starting to definitely shorten up here. So I'm looking forward to getting out there this week. Uh, I got one more week of fishing in October for myself I'll be checking in with you like I do every single day that you're out on the water, bugging you, mm-hmm. seeing what's going on. Um, So should be some good times here ahead of us for the next few weeks. Yeah, I think so. And I'm really looking forward to this fall. And if you guys are coming up to the Northwoods and wanting to maybe get on a fish, a little shameless plug. I got some openings this fall and for any of the diehards specifically that want to target trophy water or just kind of looking to, you know, learn how to troll or how to use suckers in the late, late fall, November is the time to do that. And I would love to take you out, but beware got to bundle up the colder the day, the better the bites going to be is what we found. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well uh, let's put a bow on this one. Unfortunately we don't have Brian to take us away Um, So I'll do my best here real quick. We got a shout out again, Clayton and Nick for coming on the episode. Uh, Really appreciative of you guys tuning into this PMTT recap stuff, getting involved, getting excited about it. It's an absolute blast of a season. Uh, Looking forward to next year already. Gus, anything else to add? No, that's it. Uh, Did a pretty good job. Nothing like Brian, though, on the outro. Unfortunately, it's tough to beat. Nah. Yeah. You can just think on the fly, but I think that's it. Let's uh, wrap it up and we'll catch you guys on the next podcast. All right. Peace. Peace.